0: The American Theatre Wing and the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts bring you The American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre. This session, The Company Manager. Hello, I'm Pia Lindstrom with The American Theatre Wing, and with me is Lisa Poyer, Company Manager. What exactly do you do in the theatre? Well,
1: I personally manage Broadway shows, um, but a company manager generally may manage shows live theatrical productions on Broadway, off-Broadway, on tour, and sometimes in regional theaters all across the country. Um, The company manager on Broadway is someone who is hired normally by the general manager, uh, and works very closely with the general manager and the producer to make sure that the show actually happens Uh, among the things the company manager does. paying everyone is is probably the thing that (laughs) everyone understands best when you say you're a company manager. Uh, The company manager is also responsible sometimes for uh, writing contracts. The more experienced company managers often do that. Uh, Company managers arrange tickets for people to the show. Uh, make travel arrangements, make housing arrangements for the actors who do not, or in fact anybody else connected with the production who doesn't actually live in the city where the show is playing. Um, And that's just a short list of the many things that the company manager may be called upon to do.
0: When you say negotiating a contract, there are a lot of unions in the theater. Do you have to deal with all of these unions?
1: Well, all the unions that have jurisdiction in the theater where you're playing, and that is not the same in every theatre. For example, there are many more unions that have jurisdiction on Broadway, where I work, than have jurisdiction off-Broadway or in a resident theatre. Uh, there are different unions in different cities, so if your show is on tour, you may be dealing with Local 2 in Chicago. That's the stagehands in Chicago. The New York Local is Local 1, mm-hmm. so if you're traveling around the country, you're going to be dealing with different locals for different um, for for the same for the same employment for the same work uh, in different cities and since they have different work rules and that affects what your show will cost to operate you have to know what those rules are and make sure that you're adhering to them
0: so you have to have some bookkeeping accounting experience legal experience i don't think
1: there's anything that i ever studied that i haven't made good use of since i started working in the theater No matter how obscure the subject, I think the only thing I haven't ever used is trigonometry.
0: (laughs) You actually designed some costumes for a while, too.
1: Uh, When I was in school, and when I was doing my first job, commercial job, in the theatre, I did some moonlighting, designing uh, costumes, uh, and that was a lot of fun. But I'm not really a great designer, and I'm probably better at this. But you know, would know how much it costs. Uh, I would know how much it costs. And I remember on one show where the designer made a fairly co- costly alteration to one of the costumes, which was really very, a very handsome alteration, and I said to him, this is a really lovely alteration. And he said, you, it looks very good. He said, yes, and you and I are the only people who are going to notice. <laughs> and I thought to myself, and why did you spend $500 doing that? <laughs>
0: So when you say payroll, you have all the checks. You come once a week and pay everybody. Oh, every week I pay everyone, and I actually <laughs> personally sign the checks,
1: and then mm-hmm. I go around and I hand them to people who are in the theater. Every Thursday night, and mm-hmm. um, the other people get their checks mailed to them, and I actually sign them.
0: Did you have to worry about income tax f- for performers? We have, and we have a payroll who?
1: service. We have a payroll service, and the payroll service is responsible for calculating the taxes. But then I have to remit the tax payments oh, every week, um, so that that. In, it's included in the list of payments that I'm obliged to make. In addition, we have ordinary bills for things like advertising, and the checks have to be written for that, and I write them, and I sign them, and I make sure they get to the people who need to be paid. Do you go to all the rehearsals? No, I don't. Um, I probably don't go to her- normally go to rehearsal more than once or twice a week unless something very important is going on. I have to go and pay them when they're in <laughs> rehearsal. Um, but other than that, I usually leave the people to the rehearsal, to the, to the director, to the stage manager. Um, to I let the actors work with each other, because this is time that they need in rehearsal. If there it's a large company, particularly if it's a large company from out of town, then I do go down to rehearsal more frequently, because they have questions um, about just how to live in New York or wherever we are. But otherwise, I generally don't spend a lot of time at rehearsal. But I do go to every performance. Once we start performing, I'm there at every performance. Boring unforeseen circumstances, and I go around and I see people. I say hello. I find out what they need. They tell me I have a ticket problem. I need to change my flight. I. Have just been evicted from my apartment. Um, I need to order, the, the crew will come to me and say, Oh, I just ordered two more lamps, and that could you know, be a couple of hundred dollars, depending on what kind of lamps those are. Or can you pass along the word that we need to have a call in order to make certain repairs? When you have a call, it costs extra money, and that's one reason they're going to say, Or I'm going to give you this note to take back to the general manager because here's a long list of things that we need to have approved. Because generally, the general manager is responsible for approving substantial expenditures.
0: And you attend every performance. You must see a lot of plays. Well, no. A lot of the same plays. <laughs> no,
1: well, it's not really. I, in fact, it usually takes weeks and sometimes months before I actually get to sit down and see my in, my own show in its entirety. Um, it's very funny. Uh, people are always astonished when I say, no, I haven't seen the show yet. No, I haven't seen the show yet, and we've been running for three months. But it's because I'm always working. I actually don't normally have to stay until the end of the performance. Mm-hmm. I only have to be there until we sign the box office statement, because one of the things that the company manager does is verify the money you took in at every performance. In the old days, that when they actually were mostly dealing with cash, uh, there was a system known as hard tickets. Now, most box offices are, are com- computerized, but when I first started working mm-hmm. in the theater, which was 20 years ago, we had hard tickets. Those are tickets where, every t- where there's a ticket for every seat, printed in advance, for mm-hmm. every performance of the run, or for six weeks or eight weeks, of, if it's a long run. They're kept in the box office in a rack, with lots of little slots in it, and when someone comes up to buy a ticket, the, the box office treasurer goes over, pulls out <laughs> tickets, and actually sells them. Today, most Tickets are sold by computer, and said they type in what you want, and they see what the computer will tell it, tell you that is available, mm-hmm. and then they spit them out after you've paid. The thing about hard tickets is that in order to figure out how much money you took in for the performance, you counted how many seats were left out, how many tickets were unsold, how many were still in the box office that hadn't been sold. You compared those to the tickets that had been taken in and torn and were put in the the, the ticket box, and using an elaborate calculation, the treasurer would figure out how much you had allegedly made. The reason the company manager and the house manager, who does the equivalent job for the theater owner that I do for the production, had to be there and had to sign the box office statement, was to make sure the box office wasn't stealing money. Which happens. Which which still happens, but you have to use much more resourceful methods than that. Such as? (laughs) Such as. Well, I suppose the, the... easiest way to make extra money that's not really legitimate is for the box office to send seats over to a ticket broker who will then charge more than is, is allowed necessarily in New York. But if you send the tickets to a New Jersey ticket broker where you can scalp tickets for however much you want, mm-hmm. if the broker chooses to send money back to the box office, there's pretty much no way we can ever figure it out. That's known as ICE, by the way, selling, selling a ticket for more than it's, its face value more than the legitimate price is known as selling the ticket for ICE. Which That's goes on. Ent- which, which still goes on, but one of the reasons so many box offices have been computerized is it really has mm-hmm. diminished mm-hmm. the availability to engage in ticket fraud, because all you need is a conspiracy between the treasurer, the house manager, and the company manager
0: on hard tickets, and you can do all kinds of evil things. So you're a sort of sleuth going there to see, be sure that you, the ticket price money comes to, into the producer.
1: Absolutely. There, there are many stories of um, company managers being instrumental in inco- uncovering um, fraud uh-huh. that involved people working at, at theaters. Um, and most of this has occur- occurred prior to computerization. More recently, there was a famous case uh, in, in New York in which the performers realized that there were more people in the house than they were being told and they detected a major fraud and it was it was subsequently investigated i believe by the attorney general's office if the show goes on the road do you travel with the company well normally when a show goes on the road there is a company manager i don't necessarily go with it myself mm-hmm. because i mostly work in new york Um, I have been out of town on a number of shows, but usually not as part of a long tour. I've done out-of-town tryouts of Fences and uh, and Lend Me a Tenor. Mm -hmm. Um, And Fences also played for three months in L.A. after it closed in New York, and I went with it then. And we did a tiny little three-week engagement, uh, a week in in St. Louis and two weeks in Boston last year of Death of a Salesman with Brian Dennehy. Um, But I don't usually go out on long-running tours. although a company manager
0: would go, normally go out with such a tour. Is your office in the theater, or do company managers have their offices somewhere else?
1: Usually in New York, the company manager's office is in, the, is in the general manager's office. When you're on tour, your office is almost always in the theater. Do you have to be able to speak to many different kind of people in your job? Um, in terms of public speaking, no, but communicate Mm -hmm. with a wide range of people it's indispensable and if you in order to do your job well you have to be able to speak to each person in the way that he or she understands best as well Mm -hmm. Um, and so the concerns of the actors may be completely different from the concerns of the crew which may be completely different from the concerns of the designers Mm -hmm. and if you can't address those concerns well You'll be doing a disservice to the production and to the people who invested in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because especially on Broadway, producing a Broadway show is very expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, Musicals are phenomenally expensive, but even plays now cost more than a million dollars to produce. Uh, By movie standards, that's nothing, but when you bear Mm -hmm. in mind that a production, uh, a live stage production, has continuing expenses every week for all the people who are actually employed on it live. Mm It means that your initial expense may be small, but your continuing expense is much greater than the expense of, say, having a movie that's already on video.
0: Right. What sort of a person becomes a company manager? Um, an anal retentive one? <laughs> <laughs> Detail-oriented um, person,
1: Being vi- Being detailed-oriented or is very, very advantageous because mm-hmm. there are a lot of details. There are so many. It's very much a renaissance man, I say that in quotes, Mm -hmm. job, um, you have to be a generalist. You have to be able to do a lot of things, and you have to be able to do a lot of different things well. You have to be able to cope with last-minute changes, to work under pressure. And you definitely need to be able to pay attention and remember a whole lot of things at the same time that may not have any relation to one another, Mm -hmm. except that you have to do all of them. Um, Just to give you an example, Uh, On Sunday, I was at the theater, and I had one person who hadn't handed in his information about how he was traveling back home. And I had to make sure I got that. I had two people who had ticket requests for performances that were coming up. One of the producers came by because she was afraid she hadn't arranged tickets for somebody that she had, in fact, arranged. Um, I had an actor leaving the show, (laughs) And so I had to make sure to say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. I had two actors who were coming in, because one, of, one actor who's in the show is taking over the role the actor's just left, and a new actor's coming in to, to replace the second actor. So they both need contracts. I had some other actors who needed minor alterations to their contracts to comply with an equity rule, mm-hmm. that equity is very insistent. We, com- we dot mm-hmm. all the I's and cross all the T's, even if it has no practical effect. So I wrote a few contracts. Um, I had an actor who injured himself and needed to know what he should do to file a worker's compensation claim, and I now have to make sure that I get that form to the insurance company when I go back to work tomorrow. Um, In addition to that, I checked the vacation pay records, because we're closing this show on the 29th of July. I had to double-check a, there's a new equity requirement involving a 401 plan. I had to make sure I calculated <laughs> that correctly. We've just finished an accounting cycle, so I've got to check the accountant's financial statement and pay royalties tomorrow. Um, and those are only the things that came up yesterday. Oh, my God. It sounds like something <laughs> between an enforcer and a mother hen, sounds um, like. That's, that's just about right. Um, uh, one of the members of the crew said, oh, yes, I bought two more lamps for, for the, you know. <laughs> right. Just to let you know, I bought two more lamps. <laughs> right. um, and you know, someone else said, oh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm, my, this, my sub who was coming in is not, uh, for me is actually not going to work, so he made a last-minute payroll change. And,
0: Well, if you had to describe the personality of a person who became a company manager, what kind of personality would he or she have? A sense of humor is a very,
1: very desirable thing. Mm -hmm. Having a sense of humor is indispensable, because at a certain point, there's always a point in the process where if you aren't amused by what's going on, you'll just go and beat your head against (laughs) the wall. Um, I have... A story that I, I don't know if this is a true story because it was told to mm. me, but um, it gives you the flavor of the thing. Um, there was a show doing an out-of-town tryout in Boston, not my show. Um, they were—they had a production meeting and said, you know, the second act set really doesn't work. We could repaint it, but I don't think that will be adequate. Well, how much will it cost to build a new one? $95,000. That's really much too much. We absolutely can't do that. Well, we might be able to do that for $86,000. Okay, let's build a new one. <laughs> um, on one of my own shows, Angels in America, there was a point where uh, the design team decided that it would be really nice if a, if a bed that was part of the set could be suddenly be put on hydraulic lifts. Oh. So I would like to tell you that we didn't do that, I'm happy to say. <laughs> But after you've canceled a performance and you've rehe- you know, done extra rehearsal and you've had technical glitches, the idea that they want to add hydraulic lift Lips. to the show at the, at the 11th hour is very disconcerting.
0: <laughs> if you were going to advise somebody on what courses a person could take in order to prepare for such a job, what would they be?
1: Um, I don't know that... There's any particular undergraduate course that you could take. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a good, a rigorous academic education mm-hmm. is very desirable. Um, It happens that I am a licensed attorney, I'm a member of the Bar of the State of New York. That's pretty unusual, although Mm -hmm. I am not the only member Mm -hmm. of my union, which is the Association of Theatrical Press Agents and Managers, which, as you might imagine, represents company managers, house managers who do the same job that I do but for the theatre owner, uh, and press agents. It's an odd combination, isn't it? The union was actually started by press agents. I understand that it was actually an outgrowth of the old Yiddish theater in New York, and I'm not mm. quite certain how they organized. They've been around, I believe, since the 1930s, and I'm not su- quite sure how uh, house managers and company managers ended up under their wing, but they did. But they did. Um, it's, a, it's an odd comp- combination, but there you have it. <laughs> um, if you wanted to study to become a company manager, mm-hmm the best thing you could have would be a a rigorous academic Mm -hmm. education. um, Because you have to do so many different things. Even Mm -hmm. if you never write any contracts yourself, and more Mm -hmm. and more company managers do end up writing contracts, um, you have to read all these union agreements and Mm -hmm. be able to understand Mm -hmm. and administer them. The equity agreement is 130 pages long. And there are so many unions just on my side of the table, on the company manager's side, there's Actors' Equity, the Association of Theatrical Press Agents and Managers, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, which at PAM, my union, mm-hmm. is actually now un- under their umbrella. But the IA, which is what it's known as by everybody, um, independently represents stage hands who work on the show. Um, the, wa- the Theatrical Wardrobe Union, um, the United Scenic Artists, the Society of Stage Directors and Choreographers, the Dramatist Guild, oh. um, the Makeup Artists Local. I don't think I've missed any of the big ones. Right. Um, you may also have musicians working directly for the show. And that's just on the, right. c- the production side, because there are stagehands, mm-hmm. there are ushers and ticket-takers, there are porters and cleaners, there are box office treasurers, there are at pan members, um, all working for the theatre as well. well would accounting be useful to take? Accounting would be useful. One of my friends, who is a company manager, mm-hmm. is an, a former accountant. He started as mm-hmm. an accountant and then became a company manager. Um, there are probably th- three or four other people who I know who are lawyers, mm-hmm. um, who, are now, who became company managers as well. Um, but there one of the things that is really common <coughs> now is, People are going to graduate school and getting uh, degrees in, 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 from graduate management programs after they finish college, some of which do purport to teach management. I think that some of them actually do quite a nice job because mm-hmm. I've worked with some of the people who have gone through those programs and uh, I understand I, I w- didn't go to it. The one at Columbia, which was started after I was already working in the theatre, seems to be a rather good program.
0: And that's in theatre management? In
1: theatre management, mm-hmm. uh, or in art, sometimes in arts administration. What about bookkeeping, all
0: those things? I mean, do you, you –
1: Well, there's a large accounting component to my job, but if you work on Broadway, every Broadway show has an accountant who comes in every week and actually crunches the numbers, prepares a financial statement, Mm -hmm. um, does the quarterly and and annual tax returns. Um, So while I spend a lot of time paying people, checking out that the theatre has given us the amount of money that I that they're supposed to have given us, and contesting it if I think they haven't, uh, making sure that people, uh, that the bills get paid, that the royalties have been calculated mm-hmm. accurately, and so forth, um, making sure the investors get the amount of money they're supposed to get when money is returned to them, keeping track of the investment as it comes in when the show is beginning. Uh, there are so many other things that are not mm-hmm. bookkeeping related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't underestimate the importance of having the ability to, as you mentioned before, dealing with people. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that well, it makes the job very difficult. People have to like you
0: in well, a certain
1: sense. It's very helpful if people like you. <laughs> they don't act, they, It's not essential that they like you. Should they be afraid of you? <laughs> well, I don't particularly like people to be afraid of me. I'd much rather they respect me. Yeah. I generally try to earn that respect by being fair and accurate, mm-hmm. um, and not mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I always succeed, but that's what I try to do. I don't know that every company manager is adored and loved, yeah. um, because in part because sometimes you're obliged to enforce rules mm-hmm. that people don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I have on occasion Actually had to deliver notices to people telling them they were going to be fired or that their contracts oh. weren 't going to be renewed oh. because as the, as the producer 's representative, that was one of the things that I had to do or i 've had to compose a letter putting somebody on notice for you know, showing up at the theater inebriated oh. um, so you don 't only get to do fun <laughs> things i 've had occasions where I had one occasion where um, a stage manager had run up a really huge phone bill, and the general manager wrote a note saying please monitor the use of your phone," and the stage manager tore up the note, oh. threw it at me, and cursed <laughs> at me so loudly that everyone in the entire theater could hear him. Oh. That person came to a bad end subsequently, <laughs> and I didn't have to do anything about it in connection with that show or ever after, but it's a true story. Um, once, I was obliged to tell a bunch of actors that the producers did not wish to continue negotiating to renew their contracts. The, the, basically, all the principal actors of an entire show Oh! And most of the actors were good-natured. One of them wrote a note telling the general manager that he was full of crap, although that he didn't ex- exactly put it that way. And he wrote on the envelope without opening it saying, how dare you send Lisa to deliver this notice, um, especially at half-hour when we said we didn't want to discuss this right before the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, another actor tore up the note and threw it at me. Oh, um, that same actor had a temper tantrum on another occasion and walked out of the theatre and didn't give a performance on that same show. Um, and you have to try to, to cope with those things, you have to try to smooth ruffled feathers. Um, the, that walkout was the result of the wardri- excuse me, the hair supervisor dismissing his assistant, who was not working to his, his satisfaction oh, no. without giving any of us any notice about it. Oh. And the actors st- sort of staged a, a, a labor strike <laughs> in connection with that. So you have to deal with a lot of volatile personalities and egos. Very strange things have been known <laughs> to happen on Broadway shows, and since I tend to get asked to do some of the more complicated ones, one shows that involve um, a lot of convoluted technical stuff and sometimes quite a lot of producers. And let's not underestimate oh. the fact that a large production team may not always be in agreement either. The producers may have different ideas about the best way to promote the show. Um, who who should be involved in it, what artistic things need to be changed. And while the company manager is not necessarily the person responsible for, uh, in charge of responding to all of their requirements, you definitely hear about some of them, and you have to respond to some of them. Uh, On the show that I'm working on now, a lot of my producers wanted to arrange groups for friends and uh, colleagues to come see the show, who were going to buy tickets. And they would call me, because they wanted to make sure they got really good seats, and they wanted me to look up what the best date was. They didn't <laughs> want to go through the box office. Um, so you can end up doing almost anything for anyone connected with the show at any time. So it sounds like you have to be a diplomat in addition. Being a diplomat is probably the most useful skill you can possibly have. It saves <laughs> you an awful lot of grief. Now. It doesn't really work if you're just diplomatic and you don't know what you're doing. It helps a lot if you have a clue what you're doing. Um, but your job is, it's a, it's a very difficult job to do if all you have is technical skills and no diplomacy.
0: Hmm. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> you said you were a lawyer. That's true. Um, why aren't you in a legal office then? What made you personally go to the theater?
1: The short ans- answer to that is that when I was five, I wanted to be an actress, and oh. when I was 14, I discovered I was without talent. Oh. And there's, there are <laughs> thousands of people who have talent who are unemployed actors, and I didn't need to join their ranks, I thought. My father who was an attorney, and I was inspired by him, as were a number of other people. And I decided to go to law school, but once I was there, where I had a, I had a wonderful time in law school. Uh, but once I was there, I realized I probably didn't want to practice law. Mm -hmm. I was spending a lot of time working on the law school show, which I costumed in my first year of law school and produced in my second year of law school. And after I did that, it occurred to me that there might be some other work that I could do in the theater that I'd never thought of before. Mm -hmm. And so during my third year of law school, I started looking for work in the theater, and about six months... After I graduated, I was finally offered a job. And my first job was not as a company manager, it was as a house manager. I was hired by the Schubert Organization, Mm -hmm. which owns 17 theaters in New York, 16 and a half theaters in New York, and several theaters in the rest of the country to manage. Um, the Schubert Theater in Chicago, which is a 2,000-seat theater that the Schuberts no longer own—they've sold it, I believe, to the Needlelanders. Mm-hmm. But at the time they owned it, they sent me there, and I was there for three in, in Chicago, and they sent me there for three and a half years, uh, and I stayed until I got a card, a union card, and a membership in the Association of Theatrical Press Agents and Managers. And I very much wanted that union card because there were so many people who couldn't believe that after I'd graduated from Harvard College and Harvard Law School, which is really <laughs> rare, right. um, that right. I and, and Having gotten admitted to the bar, that I wanted to stick around and work in the theater, and if nothing else, I needed the union card to prove that I was serious. Well, what is union scale
0: for your job, company um, manager? F- it's fifteen hundred
1: eighty-nine dollars a week, I a believe.
0: Week. And then you can negotiate and up you can, from there. And you can negotiate what's up the top salary that uh, a company manager could earn?
1: Well, I don't know what the top salary is because you get paid a lot more to do a play, and you get mm-hmm. paid much, much more to do a to do a musical rather than you do do a play, and you get much more to do a musical out on tour.
0: Let's say a musical out on tour. Well, then. I'm sure I'm sure that some about? of my colleagues
1: are are much better paid than I. Uh, I'm sure that some of them must be making at least twenty-five hundred dollars a week plus per diem.
0: Okay, so it's. We know at least what the. Mm-hmm. You pay all the bills that come in. Yes, I do. Of for that, the, the furniture the <laughs> rugs. The, the, it, when when they
1: when they um, have a bill and when the set designer sends the you know the, the plans to the shop and they've bid out um, the set and they've decided they're going to have the shop built at you know X Y Z or Hudson Scenic Studios or wherever they're going to have it built. Um, eventually, I'll get a bill from the shop saying you know well. Actually, you'll get, a, you'll get a, a contract that says pay X percent now, 25 mm-hmm. percent, 50 percent now, and you'll write a check for that and send it off to them, and they'll start building it, and then you have to pay them some more. At, you know, Usually you pay it in four installments for something like this set, or you'll get a bill for, oh, you know, pay $21,000 now for the sound equipment, and I send a check, or pay $52,000 by May 1st for non, the non-appearance policy for the star to the insurance company. And I write those checks, and I send them to them.
0: Well, who, where does the money come from? The producers? The producers have to, have to the give the, you a fund? The producers
1: have to raise the money. The people mm-hmm. producing the show either put up the money themselves, and I've done several shows where only one or two people actually put up all the money themselves mm-hmm. out of their own pockets and did not have investors. Um, and I've had other shows. For example, the show I'm working on now has over 50 investors, um, and that's a play. It's a large number for play. Um, Angels in America, uh, which I company managed many years ago, had I believe 78 investors, oh. um, which is quite a lot for that's play. A lot to but remember. a musical could have more than 100 investors, and some of the investors may actually be investor groups, so oh. they are actually people who've pulled their money and made one investment through one legal entity, and that's very common as well. Um, the producers go out, find investors. The investors make a contribution. There may be a requirement that it be a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. or not more than a certain amount of money, and you ha- your, your show is capitalized at some specific figure. And when you've raised that, you're in a position to produce
0: the show. So they put that money in a bank account that you have access they to? S- they send the money to me, and I put it in oh. a bank account that I have access to. Oh, they trust you a lot. Well.
1: You, you do have important fiduciary duties. The, the, my favorite story is that um, when we did Angels in America, that mm-hmm. show, I don't think I'm giving anything away, was, was capitalized at in excess of $2 million. Mm-hmm. And the money was raised very... Well, I wouldn't say slowly, because it wasn't raised slowly. The show was put together extremely quickly. And we needed to start work on it before all the capitalization came in. So the lead producer, which was Drew Jamsen, Theaters, um, and it was the show played in the Jujamson Theater in New York, advanced money to produce the show. So at a certain point, J. Jamsen had advanced a lot of money. We had the entire capitalization in, and we were able to close the partnership. It was a limited partnership. And at that point, J. Jamsen wanted to get back the money that it had, it had put up as a non interest bearing loan. And they called me up and said, uh, Lisa, could you possibly wire us this money back? And so <laughs> over my signature, I wired a lot of money back to Judge Amson, And I you know, sent a wire to the bank, and I signed it. And you know, it was my doing that it got there.
0: T- um, you studied government. I did. You said that everything you studied helped. How did studying government help you?
1: Well, if nothing else, it's made for good discussions with various people I work with. Um, I studied government because, of course, when I was in college, I intended to be an attorney, and that Mm -hmm. was a good background for that. And also, that was something that I was interested in. I I guess I should stress that it may be more valuable to study something that you are interested in Mm -hmm. uh, and learn it well Mm -hmm. than it is to study something that you think will be useful for a career in theatre, because anything and everything may turn out to be useful for a career in the theater. You can't actually tell in advance. Um, I studied government because I was interested in it, because I was intending to go to law school, and I did go to law school. Um, But it enabled me to have great debates with the treasurer of of a show that I did many years ago, who disagrees with me on just about every political issue known to man, (laughs) uh, and with the star of one of my my other shows recently, who also disagrees with me. (laughs) But we could have intelligent conversations, and they weren't these weren't adversarial discussions. Mm-hmm. These, mm-hmm. Were, these were friendly, serious, well-reasoned discussions, and it enabled us to have a relationship that went beyond just counting the money or mm-hmm. just arranging the tickets. Um, and that's very valuable in making you know, the, the entire work experience a pleasant and interesting experience. Um, but just to give you an idea of the weird things that became useful. Um, One of the shows that I company managed on Broadway was a show called Gypsy Passion, and that show involved literally gypsies from Spain who were doing traditional dance, and the Mm -hmm. show was produced by the government of Barcelona, Spain. The company did not speak any English, and one of the reasons that I was hired is that my Spanish was pretty dead at the time. It's actually in better shape now than it was then, but at least I understood some Spanish, and that was considered to be valuable. I also worked hmm. for two years in the not-for-profit theater between the time I was a house manager and the time I began company managing on Broadway. And the job that I had in the not-for-profit theater was working for a, a small not-for-profit company in New York that does French language plays in English translation. And everybody there was fluent in or bilingual in French, and or trilingual mm-hmm. in French, English, and something else. I was the only native speaker of English, really, in the, in the entire place. Um, But one of the reasons I got hired is that I had studied French. Um, Pretty much anything you learn may turn out to be useful. Sometimes it's helpful that I know how many pints are in a quart. (laughs) I'm not joking. It was a discussion (laughs) at work last week. How many pints were in a quart and how many quarts were in a gallon. Um, they needed that to pour liquid on the set? or n- No, it was, it, we, we needed to figure out how much, we, how much we needed in the way of supplies for a party, I think. Oh. Um, one of the things I often end up doing is planning parties. Tony for the Tony Awards. Um, mm-hmm. If the show's been nominated for Tony Awards, we're working oh. on the opening of party. We're doing the opening night seating. Um, yes, there's
0: there's no shortage of more jobs
1: that I could <laughs> mention that I You're do. A party
0: girl, diplomat, enforcer, <laughs> godmother, <laughs>
1: and that's why I say you never can tell in advance what, what you've learned um, that will be useful. So the first piece of advice that I have for anybody who is thinking of going into this line, or indeed, to do any work in the theater mm-hmm. at all, I think, at this point, is get as much education as you possibly can. Stay in school as long as possible. Now, it's very interesting. 25 or 30 years ago, I think that there were a lot of people who were company managers who didn't, hadn't even necessarily finished college. That's very unusual. And while very few people are you know, accountants or lawyers mm-hmm. who are company managers, um, there are more and more people who do have MFAs in, in theater management right. or arts administration um, or have some other graduate study. And you're probably more and more at a disadvantage at getting a job in the theater, um, in, in arts administration generally, if you don't have that.
0: So you need an advanced degree or would be helpful. Well,
1: it's, it's helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly you can still finish um, college. I, it, I can't imagine... It would be easier to get a job doing this without finishing college, not mm-hmm. because, not because you would be incapable of doing the work, but because you have too much competition from people mm-hmm. who have better credentials on paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if there's this much competition, that you'd have to do something extraordinary to get them to hire you if you hadn't graduated from college. Do you need to be artistic? No, not really. Um, I think that I think that many people who do this do have some natural taste, and it's very helpful because I spend a lot of time dealing with advertising. Mm -hmm. um, And I end up designing invitations to to the parties that I end up doing sometimes. It helps if you can look at something and see whether or not it's aesthetic. Mm -hmm. But I'm not the designer of anything. Um, It does help if I I can tell whether or not it looks right.
0: Walk us a little bit through one of the plays, say, Death of a Salesman or something. You've done so many. But when they first come to you, what what happens?
1: Well, what happened with Death of a Salesman is that Death of a Salesman had been produced by the Goodman Theater in Chicago. The Goodman Theater is a a Lort Theater. That's the League of Resident Theaters. And Lort simply means Lort is a type of contract that Mm -hmm. actors' equity issues. Um, that um, determines the salaries for the actors and stage managers Mm -hmm. who work in the Lort Theatre. So everything about that theatre becomes defined by the type of equity contract it has, Mm -hmm. because that's pretty much that, well, it's not the only contract, it's not the only union that has jurisdiction in that theatre, but it's the principal Mm -hmm. union that has jurisdiction in that theatre. So the Goodman Theatre produced a 50th anniversary production of Death of a Salesman, starring Brian Dennehy. And um, David Richenthal, who was the lead producer on Broadway, saw the show in Chicago and acquired the rights to bring it to Broadway. Uh, He hired Robert Cole, who is a well-known Broadway general manager
0: for whom I worked many times, starting with Angels in America. Does it help to know the people? Is it you work for the same people over and over again? I think everybody
1: in the theater works for the same people over and over and over again. That's extremely common. If you're, if you're any good, um, the, same, the people you worked for before want to hire you again, right. and will tell you what they're doing next, and mm-hmm. will offer you another job and so i've worked over and over again not just with the same general manager but say with the same press agent with the same i think i've done i think i've now done four shows in a row with the press agent i'm working with now
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i've done i think five or six shows for robert cole although i've worked for other people in the Mm -hmm. intervening period um i've worked with my wardrobe supervisor on probably three or four shows Maybe five or six shows at this point. Um, I worked with two of my my pink contract crew. Were pink? On pink the, uh, I'm the sorry. Pink, contract? pink contracts are the are the <laughs> um, are the IA crew, the the members of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. The, the stage, stage employees ha- are called pinks. The stage oh, okay. the, the stage hands who work for the production, as opposed to the stage hands who work for the theater. Okay. Are, mem- are members of the IA. Right. Um, they are called Pink Contract Crew, because mm-hmm. their contracts are literally pink. <laughs> the union <laughs> issues pink contracts to them in triplicate, which actually, they're not, they're not carbon copies. You have to fill them out three times. It's really... This so is something you need
0: to know as the company manager. Yes, you have, Another to, fill, bit of information. You have to
1: fill them out three times. The wardrobe <laughs> supervisor's contract is yellow, and it has to be filled out three times without carbons as well. It's very annoying. You'd think they'd discover
0: photocopiers by now. Oh, You mentioned there are all these unions, and then you yourself were in a yes. union. How much does it cost to join, say, your union?
1: Well, I think... I think it's now $1,000 for my union. It was $500 when I joined mm-hmm. a very long time ago. Is it hard to get in? Um, it's actually easier to get in now than when I did. When sure. I did, they, the, there was an apprenticeship program, which was very, very severely restricted in order to keep down the number of people who would become members. And as a general rule, only seven or eight people per year would be allowed to join the apprenticeship program. Um, In fact, I had to fight with them very, very aggressively, uh, because they didn't want to let me join. Um, I was from New York, but I had been sent by the Schubert Organization to work in Chicago. And the secretary-treasurer of the Union at that time, uh, for some reason, wanted to keep down membership as much as possible. And he unilaterally decided that he was not going to allow me to be considered for membership, except in Chicago, although he knew perfectly well I was from New York. And I didn't find out until several months after the fact that this is what he had done. I nearly had to threaten to sue the union in order to be admitted.
2: Wow.
1: Um, Since I'm a lawyer, and since they... (laughs) They picked on the wrong person. And since since they knew that I had gone and looked up the (laughs) National Labor Relations Act and found a basis on which I could win... After about 12 months, I heard that the union's attorneys had decided that they didn't want to have anything further to do with this. And it's amazing how it all disappeared, but it, I oh. did have to. It took about a year longer for me to be permitted to
0: take the exam, because for my union there's an exam. Oh, and is there's an apprentice program. Is well, this one way people could get in? They could go to the apprentice they've program? They've, well, yes and no. They've actually completely changed the system. Oh. Um,
1: now, you can, you can become what's called a no-ma'am, a non-member a assistant manager, I mm-hmm. believe is what the acronym stands for. Um, and what you really have to do is get a job that somebody's, that's under union jurisdiction, where somebody's willing to give you a contract. Oh, so that's the catch-22. You catch, you
0: well, you, you always have yes. to get a job first. Well, where would you go? Say somebody wants to do this. Are they going to go to Off, 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 Off Broadway, I well,
1: guess. Off-Off-Off-Off-Off-Broadway <laughs> doesn't really have jurisdiction, although Off-Broadway does. And technically, oh. there's a different training program Off-Broadway from oh. On-Broadway, although once you get in, they can't actually stop you from working um, on Broadway. They can't actually stop you from working whether you're a
0: member or not. you, see, you um, have to have a certain amount of push and aggression to get into this, you through this door.
1: The the first job that I got was as an apprentice house manager, manager with the Schuberts, and I got that job because I found a way to introduce myself to the chairman of the Schubert. Well, actually, was at the time he's the chairman now. He was the president of the Schubert organization at the time, um, and I found a way to introduce myself to him uh, at a seminar at the New York, the, the Association of the Bar of the City of New York. Uh, which is actually a private club that I don't belong to. And after he spoke, I hit him up for a job on the spot. (laughs) And when he interviewed me several weeks later, he Said and he and offered me a job working in Chicago. He said, "Lisa, I have an entire filing cabinet full of people who are better qualified than you and who have more experience, but I'm giving you the job because you spoke well and you have chutzpah. and that's another quality that that you need." That's direct quote. Um, It it does help to be articulate, Mm -hmm. and you do have to have some gumption. I mean, I had decided when I wanted to change careers from the law to going to the theatre, which I did during my third year of law school, that I was going to allow ten years of banging on doors to get my first job in the theatre. It actually <sighs> took a year and one week from the time I first started looking for a job in the theatre to the time I actually got one. Okay. And. I didn't, work er- didn't look every minute of every day yeah. to try to find such a job, and I actually turned down a couple of offers that I knew were dead ends. Mm-hmm. But I was I was very determined, and I had a lot of people say to me, Lisa, I can't hire you because you're overqualified, mm-hmm. um, or you're not going to want to stick with this. And I had people tell me, well, you're never going to work in this business unless you start as a secretary. Hmm. So I had wildly divergent mm-hmm. claims, and I refused to accept either of those claims, either that I had to start as a secretary since I still can't type uh, to this day. You know, it's good, for, it's good that computers can correct very easily or I'd be in big trouble. Uh, and I, on the other hand, I didn't feel that I was so exalted that I couldn't start mm-hmm. um, learning. On the other hand, people my age who had not gone to law school rarely started um, with a job as good as the one I started with. Mm. And now, I want to tell you that the really excellent job that I started with, which was as an apprentice house manager, paid $333 a week at the time. And this was a $200 a week cut and pay from the job I had had during the summer
0: as a law student. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but Even when your job, the one you have, as soon as the show closes, you've got to look for another job. When the show closes, I'm thrown out of work, mm. um, because
1: I work for the show, and when mm-hmm. the show is gone, I'm unemployed, even though I'm hired by the general manager. Um, I work for the show, and yep, I have to, I'm going to have to look for work in a few weeks' time. So, how do you do that? Well, I'm actually not going to look for work, so oh. work in a few weeks' time. I'm going to well, take if a you
0: were going to. <laughs> uh,
1: you'd send out your resume to uh-huh. other general managers, and if you, you know, wanted to, to change careers, if you were looking in the not for profit theater, you might look in Art Search
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and send resumes to people in Art Search who, who were listing jobs that, that you might thought you on might On the be internet. Able to. Um, ArtSearch has, has an internet listing, and they also have a printed listing, which is you could get by subscription. Um, but most of the time, most, most Broadway company managers send out resumes to general managers, um, who are listed in a publication called The Theatrical Index. They send resumes to people who, are sa- who say that, I have a show that's coming up in X amount of time. Now. A large proportion of the time, those, there's no job there. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's not a company manager on the show. It's that the company manager is somebody who's already worked for the general manager, and that job is not going to happen. Um, it's, it's unusual that, that the general manager, that Robert called, doesn't ask me if I want to mm-hmm. do something that he's got up his sleeve next. Uh, and sometimes I need to take time off, or I'm, mm-hmm. I've committed to doing something else, or I'm not available, or whatever. Um, and I say no, and that means that somebody else gets shot at doing the job. But it, I think it's mostly true in offices. People are very entrenched, because as I say, it's mm-hmm. not just, um, that I've worked with Bob Cole. I mean, I, I did two shows in a row for the same producer.
2: Mm.
1: I did, you know, I can't, re- I've lost count of how many shows in a row I've done for Bob. Uh, I've done about four shows in a row with the same press agent. Um, the station is hired normally
0: by the producers. Um, in so you have to be a real people person here, being able if to... If you
1: go around alienating the people you used to work with, you will find that you will not be working there again soon. So it is a bad move to alienate them. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree with everything that they do. Although I, I think, frankly, that there are a few offices where you d- if you don't <laughs> agree with everything that they do, you're in big trouble. But I just don't work for those people, and they wouldn't hire me. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm cooperative, mm-hmm. but I'm not that cooperative. <laughs> I, I, I do, I, as a general rule, I subscribe to the view that I'm only going to work for people I feel have integrity. Mm-hmm. If I promise you something, then only an act of God will prevent me from delivering on it. Um, and I don't promise you something that I don't expect to be able to deliver on. Um, if I say I'm going to do something, I don't have to get you the contract today because I'm going to do what I promise to do, and I fully expect you to do what you promised to do, Mm -hmm. whether or not you sign the piece of paper. And I'm going to act in that way until Mm -hmm. you cheat me, because I'm not going to be cheating you. And then I'm going to beat you into pulp. Oh
0: (laughs) boy, that's what the company—you got to have fists too to be a company manager.
1: Well, do you love the theater? I do love the theater. Um, Being a company manager is a very exhausting job, however, because you Mm. normally work six days a week. You work very long hours. Um, You are frequently at work when everyone you know who's not working in the theatre has time off. You get to work on national holidays. Um, I mean, the number of times that I've had a show on Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Mm. New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day on the same show is really quite a long (laughs) list. Frequently now, shows take off a few of those dates but they don't necessarily play all of them. But I've done shows where we worked every single one of those national holidays on the same
0: show. So you have to like what you're doing, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it.
1: If, you, if you're not enjoying this job, you really ought to go and sell insurance or work in construction or find something else because there's a lot of insecurity. If you're working on Broadway, then while you're working, you are very well compensated, but you can be thrown out of work on six days' notice on six days' notice. Mm-hmm. Um, You don't get any severance when you are thrown out of work. Um, You could have to go look for a job and just start pounding the pavement from scratch. Um, And while you're working, it's extremely demanding. Mm. You have to work very, very long hours. You have to juggle a lot of disparate tasks that conflict with each other. Well, what are the satisfactions? Um, When you do a show... For example, I mean, I've been enormously lucky. I have done so many really, really wonderful shows. Um, I think I figured out that the shows that I've worked on have collected 50 Tony nominations and 20 oh. Tony awards in the time that I've been working on Broadway. That's a pretty astonishing mm-hmm. statistic. Even my jaw <laughs> drops every time I think about it. Um, I've worked on several plays that were, you know, the most acclaimed mm-hmm. of their. Well, decade, actually. Mm -hmm. Fences, Angels in America, Death of a Salesman. I've worked on a bunch of really Mm -hmm. excellent shows. One of the reasons I've worked on a bunch of really excellent shows is that when people offer me jobs on shows that I think are going to be bad, I just say no. That's one of the privileges of having worked for 20 years and Mm -hmm. and developed a a decent reputation in the theater, Mm -hmm. is that you can say no and you can still expect that somebody else will offer you a job eventually. And I've I've decided that I don't want to work on shows that I don't think have Mm -hmm. any merit. So I've actually in the past turned down work on shows that were big hits Mm -hmm. that ended up running for two years. I have never, ever, ever regretted any job Mm -hmm. that I declined to do, and Mm -hmm. I have never, ever, ever regretted doing any job that I accepted. Can this, uh, being company manager, lead to something else? An awful lot of company managers become general managers. That's very, very common. Um, And in fact, most company managers who have the amount of experience that I do have already grown up to be general managers. And the only reason that I haven't done that is that I'm still trying to decide if there's any chance that I'm ever going to be able to write professionally, because I sometimes like to write, and I haven't sold a word i wish i had um but until i decide that i don't want to do that it's very difficult for me to say all right now i'm going to become a general manager because that's that is the kind of job where you when the show closes because you have your own office you have to run around and make sure that you have work um i like the fact that occasionally i'm off because First of all, it relieves me of after months and months and months of working six days a week and bringing work home every day on my day off. Today's my day off, and tonight when I go home, I have to do the payroll. Mm. And it's going to be a very, very long and complicated payroll. Um, so you're, in effect, working sometimes seven days right. a week on a regular basis. Um, and so I like the fact that I do get an interval between shows. Yeah. But when you're a general manager, you really can't do that. I mean, you can take vacations, but it's very hard to close up shop. Do you take apprentices yourself? Um, I'm entitled to, but normally on plays. I mean, I have trained people. Plays very rarely have assistant managers any longer.
0: Unions um, have apprentice. Programs, well, no, 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 no.
1: Well, you see, but
0: plays don't. If
1: well, no, the musicals do. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Musicals are, are the place where most of the assistants get hired. Okay. Sometimes an assistant will get hired on a play uh, when, especially in circumstances where the company manager is doing a lot of general management work, I mean, even more than I'm doing. Um, but usually, the econo- because the show has to pay an extra person, mm-hmm. usually the economics of a play make it very difficult to hire uh, an assistant. Right. Uh, particularly a union, particularly an assistant who's going through the, through the, the training program. Right. Um, another place, however, where you can get work, which shouldn't be overlooked if you want to become a company manager, is the theater owners. The theater owners mm. also hire people. They become assistant house managers. However, once you get into the union, you can go directly from being a house manager to being a company manager without mm. any further training, which is exactly what I did. My entire training was as a house manager. I got a union card, and I was never a company manager until oh, two years after I had, A, stopped being a house manager, and B, worked in the not-for-profit theatre, and then I company managed Fences. So
0: a good place would be go to go to a theatre itself. Well, it, but it, it
1: has to be, it essentially has to be a first-class theatre. In other words, okay. it has to be a Broadway theatre. Right. Um, or a Broadway Roadhouse, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I trained. I trained mm-hmm. at a Broadway Roadhouse. Um, it can't be, a, say, a Lort Theater mm-hmm. um, will not work. Um, it has to be a theater that, it has to be a theater where at has jurisdiction, is the right. short answer to that right. question. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And at does have jurisdiction in a few, a handful of arenas, but not very many. Um, or I, sometimes the people up at Lincoln Center take the AtPam exam people at New York City Ballet or the opera sometimes take the
0: are you them. writing plays no 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 <laughs> oh. television and movies oh television movies okay not plays all not this play. and not plays well you,
1: you see I've had the pleasure of working with some of the finest playwrights working in the mm. English language like mm. Arthur Miller and August Wilson I mean my first the first play I company managed was, was August Wilson's Fences and mm. since then I've had the privilege of meeting Arthur Miller yeah. and I've you know, and and even even dead authors like or, or, uh, mm-hmm. like Oscar Wilde are not you know exactly slouches. No, no. And when you're comparing your work
0: to that,
2: yeah.
1: you think perhaps I'm not quite that skilled.
0: <laughs> but you're keeping wonderful company. Uh, well, You've had years of keeping wonderful company. I, I've I've
1: I've really been extremely fortunate in my career, and I and I've had an enormous amount of luck, um, in being in the right place at the right time, but also in saying the right thing at the right time and pursuing, seizing the
0: day. That's it. Thank you so very much. Enjoyed talking to you, Lisa. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. The American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre is a project of the American Theatre Wing and the New York Public Library's Billy Rose Theatre Collection, Theatre on Film and Tape Archive.